You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good day, good day, good day. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, here with Gary A. McGowan, and you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We're on site right now at one of the biggest real estate events in Canada, uh, featured by Keller Williams. So shout out to Keller Williams. And on site right now, in the hot seat, we have none other than Chris Knighton, a real estate juggernaut, uh, <laughs> someone to really look up to in the industry. Why is this guy laughing? Juggernaut. <laughs> oh, wow. You've got a jug wow. or not. That's, uh, that's something to live up to. Yeah. Uh, A.K.A. the sexiest man in real estate. <laughs> Only second behind you. <laughs> it's going nowhere fast. Nowhere <laughs> fast. I don't know where that leaves me, yeah. but in any case. What a great personality. <laughs> It's inside what matters. It's inside. Let's talk about what's inside. What's inside? Here's a segue for you. Yes. All right. What's inside? What's in store for Chris Knighton this year? The big, the, the, the shift that's happening, the, the, the amazing last few years. How's Chris Knighton and his team uh, working through this shift? That's a great question. Um, I look at it much like after 2018, or sorry, after 2017 when we had a big run up and kind of a, a fall off um, from that kind of hot market. And I see much like 2018 was a, we call it a downwards growth year. And it may sound silly and a lot of people were trying to push forward and, and do all these big things and whatnot, um, which is awesome. But for me, sitting in where you are sometimes is the most important thing to help build out systems and ideas and really and i say downwards growth is building a better foundation for the next time these shifts happen which they always do this will be my third kind of major one i was in houston with my own brokerage during 2008 and that was a that was an interesting time talk about downwards growth it was me you know sleeping in my office because i didn't have enough money to put, keep my lights on at my house um but what i learned from that was to push forward and i took those lessons to help catapult my career, my net worth and everything during that time, and then use that, those lessons in 2017, 2018, and then also everything I learned from them, pushing those forward into this. And so I really like to take this time to not only push ourselves forward and continue to do the things that we need to do and understand that we need to continue to work and push forward, but also that downwards growth to take time to sit in it, learn, and say, what could I have done better to prepare and what can I use moving forward that's going to teach me? Not use this as a, as a down market, but as a, as a springboard for learning by building that foundation. So when I say downwards growth, I don't mean that we're uh, not growing. It just means working on you know, building that foundation, not only personally, which I think is the most important thing, but also for our business too. Because when you learn from those things, you can use those experiences and the people that go through it with you. It just makes you stronger at the end of the day. So a long answer to a short question. No, that's beautifully said. Um, what I also gather from that, uh, Chris, and I would like you to touch a little bit more on that. Um, it's seeing opportunities during these times. Because mm -hmm. in a downward market, we know that opportunities are endless. And a lot of the times we tend to focus on the sky is falling, the sky is falling, without looking at so many opportunities in front of us. So as a leader and a leader in the industry, what are some of the opportunities that you're looking at right now? Well, from, just from a sales point of view, not even the investing side, because the investing side, I think there'll be lots of opportunities. And I saw that. I see it through every down market. And it's being capitalized to take advantage of that. But for the average person, I don't say average person, for the, the person that's building their business and um, trying to navigate through this time, it's like this should be like exciting for you because 
this is the time when most people give up. And there's a great uh, example where if the market drops 50%, your agent count is going to drop 60. The agent count will always outpace the, the amount that the market drops. Mm. So what that means is that there's just going to be more there, more out there, more opportunity in terms of transactions and volume and just creating that market share for yourself when people are leaving the business. And there's a, a great quote I gave to the team the other day. It's most people in this life, they try to tiptoe their way to a safe death. And I'm like, can I swear? Yep. I told the team, like, fuck that. Let's stomp all over fucking February and absolutely crush it. Talk to as many people as you can. Do your job. Talk to more humans. And the only way to take market share and get more is to put more fucking effort into what it is that you're doing and have that kind of excitement around, like, man, if I'm feeling like this, that's an opportunity because a lot of other people in the fit feel in the same way. And the... The human mind is meant to go to comfort, and most people's comfort is to say, oh, I'm just gonna stop and, and go to something comfortable, where we can double down and just take that market share, and it happens when people don't want to. And when you don't want to, you're gonna be able to get more out of that time as opposed to when the market's always great and there's always opportunity. Does wow. that make sense? Totally. So what I'm, I'm hearing dialed is, in. is <laughs> feel the fear and do it anyway. Oh, yeah, just absolutely. commit to it and just jump and jump all in. 100% and the those those plates like right behind us yeah <laughs> um, so if you got uh, David Goggins new book I love him just because he's yep. he's a badass and you know makes me feel like holy shit I should always be doing more but the the one paragraph or one, one chapter is I think it's paragraph or chapter four in his book and he talks about guys that give up when he was going through his hell week and he was in the water and he hates the water it was freezing cold his first thought was holy shit I can't do this mm -hmm. but it's that split second decision and your life is full of split second decisions and so we thought about what happens if I go in and I get a warm shower I'm so uncomfortable I'm so cold if I just go get a shower warm up I'll feel comfortable and then after he feels comfortable he puts himself forward again he goes well 10 minutes after that I'm going to forget how cold that water is and I'm going to be so pissed off at myself because I gave up mm -hmm. so if you can just Put yourself forward. Like, if I give up right now, if it's 4 o'clock and I've only made, you know, I, I haven't set my appointment goal for today or this week, and it's so easy to go home. My wife's got dinner. My kids are there. All this, like, I can be warm. I can watch a movie, Netflix, whatever it is. But if you just think about that, if I go do that, it's a temporary comfort for long-term pain. And it's like most people don't want to put the work in necessary to to get out what they need to get out of mm -hmm. this life, whether it's in this business or your fitness or your relationships, because the hard things are what most people try to avoid. So fuck that, just go do it anyways. And that way you've put, that, that's your competitive advantage. What's your competitive advantage? I will do more than anybody else and put myself in uncomfortable positions and push other people that are in my circle to do the same so that they can build this life out that most people aren't willing to do. There's no magic to it. Mm -hmm. Matt Gotch is a good uh, example of that. Nice. Little shout out there as people walk by. So here's what I'm hearing. Hi, Alex. We're just gonna we're gonna sit here and say hi to people as they walk by. This is an, an entertaining podcast for us. Um, <laughs> the opportunity lies within that fear, right? Getting outside our comfort zone. How are you? How are you leading leading by example? Talk to us about getting outside that comfort zone. Well, I think first of all, you have to realize that like in, in good times, market's good. You hear the hashtag hustle, hashtag grinding, stuff like that. What's great when you're grinding and you're you're making good money and things are happening and it, it's it's really easy to say that because it's super cliche and you're like oh grind it's all fun until it's not fun and that's where like where this this market really shows 
what people are made of and whether you're a team leader um, or you've done you know, 200 million in volume last year, whatever is what we're talking about. Like we're real estate, we're nothing special. You have to continue to keep grinding, right? Yeah. Um, like it's, it's leading by example for me is one of the most important things because we had a call night last night. I told my wife, hun, I'm not gonna be home till nine o'clock because I'm gonna go and smash out calls, set four appointments, show the team. Like, it's not like just something we say, it's like, you can do it. You just gotta do it at a high level. I still go door knocking once a week in my neighborhood because I think it's that important, especially during this time. Because when the amount of transactions aren't happening as much as they are, we don't get as many signs out there. So how do we stay relevant? You have to get out there and, and talk to people. You have to get that old term belly to belly, hashtag talk to more humans. That's what you got to do. And if, if I can lead a team, and obviously my lead gen uh, isn't as focused as it was if I was just a salesperson, but if I can show our team, like this happens and set the example and they see that, they start to get invigorated by it. And then they start to see those outcomes themselves. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, I like it. I like it. So you're leading by example. Your, your, your hope, your trust is that ripples into your team. Well, yeah, right? that's, that's the hope. That's uh, the hope. I, I love everybody. I mean, that's the thing. I, I love people like way too much. And if you know this about me, I'm very like, I wear my heart in the sleeve. And like, if you're in my circle, like I will do anything I can. To, to help you succeed in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes I go a little bit too much, and I'll do it for you if I need to. But I've realized um, over the last 18 years in this business, especially leading this team for the last seven and a half years, that you can't do it for people. And that's, that's, a, that's a difficult thing because I had multiple people I've, I've worked with and people on our team now where I tell them, I, said, I, I see more, I stay up at night probably worrying about you more than you worry about you. Mm. And uh, that's probably my downfall because you can only do so much. You can only lead a horse to water. If they don't do it and really understand what it takes, it doesn't ever happen. Great example. I won't use any names. But we had two guys. We had, we're doing a call night last night <clears throat> between five and eight. And so two guys in our team, you know, their commitment was to get in the office early and just do more. If you want to get more, you got to do more. And um, what happened was that I got there at five o'clock after a meeting and said, let's get, let's get into this. It's really loud, eh? Um, and I said, well, what time did you come in today? Wow. You know, I came in a little bit later because we were staying a little bit later. I said, how the hell does that make sense? Hi. How does that make sense? It, it makes zero sense at all because all you're doing, if you're saying, I'm going to stay later to focus on lead gen, but I'm going to come in later, are you actually doing more? Yeah. Or are you just shift, you're an employee mindset mm. of like, I'm still going to work my eight hours, but I'm going to shift from here to here. Fuck that. Get in earlier. Do more than everybody else. Talk to more people. You're naturally going to set more appointments, get mm -hmm. more activities, and then stay later and do that even more. It's one day out of your week. And I, I say that almost like I'm complaining, but for like my mind says, like, if I want to do more, just put more into it. Where most people are like, I'm just going to maybe shift a little bit and hopefully it works a little bit better. There's no hope. There's no luck. It's like, do more, and I guarantee you, you You'll will get, get more. more right? yeah. So what you, <clears throat> obviously you're really driving in, your per, in the professional side of your business where you're, you know, jumping into the deep end with fear and you're feeling the fear and you're doing it anyway. How are you doing the same in your personal life? Because as a father, a husband, a, you know, a brother, a son, how are you still committing to the personal relationship that means a lot to you? That's the biggest thing. I think your business grows to the extent that you do that, that mm -hmm. uh, bold law, that old saying. Um, that's the most important thing. And if you're not doing that every day, putting yourself first, you're actually being selfish because you're putting again your comfort around not doing and being comfortable, which means you can't be the best version of yourself for your wife, for your kids, for your team. 
And if you're not pushing yourself, you're not going to bring the best version of yourself every single day. So for me, um, I really rely on one three fives that I look at. If anyone knows what that is, it's a great tool around uh, husband, father, leader, uh, my spiritual life, my physical fitness, um, personal growth, finances, uh, and, and leadership. There's about, there's 12 of them that I have, and I really focus on those things. And each week I give myself a, a, kind of a score on that. If I put this number one goal in place, and some of them are not like smart goals. They're not uh, specific or measurable. Mm-hmm. Um, or they are attainable, the best father I can be. And those things that are the most important that sometimes aren't measurable, but I can measure what those those three areas are going to be in those five strategies around that or action steps. And I can say, did I do those each week? So you may have a goal to be the best version of yourself in terms of father or husband, mm-hmm. but what does that mean? Well, you have to set those expectations out for yourself. I want to be for my kids. I want to be positive. I want to set a good example. And if I have those five uh, action steps under each strategy, I can give myself a score of that each week and say, did I actually do that? And then having a realistic view to be able to look at yourself each and every, every Sunday I spend two hours, put the kids to bed. My wife knows this. I go into my office for an hour or two, plan out my week. I know what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. And I also look back and be realistic. Did I do the stuff that I need to? Hmm. And Esther? Interesting. Um, so as someone who's constantly pushing and looking for growth, what questions are you asking yourself constantly? That's a fantastic question. I think the biggest thing is, am I, I ask my team this every, at the end of every month, um, am I doing everything that I possibly can to the best of my abilities to reach the goals that I set out for myself at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the month, the beginning of the week? And that question is like, did you really? And a lot of people give um, excuses. Well, I couldn't because of this, or I couldn't because of that. And you hear that a ton, where if you just remove the excuses and be like, my goal was to, there's one, I, I like to have a cocktail. I really enjoy it, right? I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic or drunk or anything like that, but like I like to have it. So I said, January, I want to have, um, I want to um, limit that, especially in front of my kids, right? Mm. Um, I don't want to set a bad example. So um, I have a, a, an annual calendar I have at my gym that I, I put in my, my workouts for the day, but how much I weigh, and I circle a big green around the thing, uh, around the, the number of the day if I didn't drink the night before. And I can tell you, um, seven of those days had a green marker on it. Hmm. The rest of them, it was either with a glass of wine. For, oh, mm-hmm. talk about handsome. Oh, I wish I had a camera going towards the, <laughs> the thousands of people so watching us right so now. So the most handsome man so just walked by. Again, that, I'm still was, at the bottom here. <laughs> but that, that is the, the honest question. It's being honest with yourself. And I, I get it from people all the time. I, I see it. I hear it about the excuses. And then when you really ask... So you have a one-on-one with people and you go for everything. And then you ask a question, did you truly do enough this month or this week to, for you to hit the goals that you set out for yourself to reach the level of achievement that you wanted in your life or you and your family or whatever that big why is? Mm-hmm. And when you ask it that way and you see people like, no, like, okay, why? And then not get stuck in it. And I gave a video about this, uh, I think two days ago, every day, every week, Every month can be like January 1st. It could be your New Year's resolution. At the end of the week, if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, and we use a 401 as well, if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I actually tracked it, I'm honest with myself, well, guess what? I get to reevaluate, refocused, and try again this week. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're being honest with that answer to the question you're asking yourself and actually implementing something else or taking action to correct that, you'll always be getting better. And a great quote is... Uh, 
experience without reflection is absolutely useless. Are you having the same year? Are you having 20 years experience or the same year over and over mm-hmm. and over again? That is, that's my definition of misery. Like you're asking me, what, what's next after real estate? I'm like, I'm living the life that I want to live. It's, I, I'm focused on being the best version of myself in these areas. Real estate just happens to be one of those things, if that makes sense. We've spoken a lot about success and you really helping your team to achieve that success. What does failure look like to you? Like today? This period, what does failure look like to you? What does it look like? It's, it's every what day. does failure mean to you? I don't think there's such thing as failure. I tell my kids all the time, failure is when you give up. And if you're not failing, I love what uh, Sodorov just said there. He said, uh, I don't know if it was, or the, uh, the... Mastermind. Yeah, it was the mastermind. The VIP group. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. He said, uh, Gary Keller was the biggest failure he's ever seen. And I'm like, mm-hmm. failure is like, here's like, who gives a shit when anybody else thinks? Failure is when you're not in line or taking the action that you've set out for yourself in whatever realm it is in your world. And the most miserable people in the world are the ones that have a goal in place Mm -hmm. whatever that may be and they know exactly what they need to do but they just don't do it Hmm. they're not getting better and and life is about progress i think the the key to life or what's the meaning of life is to to progress every day to get better in whatever it is that you're trying to do and growth around that so you can be the best version yourself sounds super cheesy but you get away from that you get people that are bored you get people that are unfulfilled and they know that they're not they're not letting everybody else down. They're letting themselves down. Mm. And if you care about failure, fuck, I've failed so many times. And yeah, it sucks because all oh, people are going to see that. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Like, if you failed, oh, well. Like, nobody, as long as you get back up and do it again, because how many times has, I think the biggest companies in the world, Coca-Cola, remember Clear Coke? Mm. You know, <laughs> fucking, how much money they lost doing that? Is Coke okay? I think they're doing okay. One of the biggest brands in the like. That's just it. Like, I think the only people that remember Clear Coke, I can't even say Clear, it. Clear Coke, Coke. Our old people? Are, are us because we want to remember how bad it was <laughs> yeah. so we can have this analogy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think failure really is, it's all about perspective. And they say fail forward or there's no failures there's, that you learn from it. No, you can fail every day. Like it happens. It, it's literally, it should be a daily thing. Like, you know what? I slept in today. And I was exhausted. And I really, I wrote in my journal the night before, I said, um, get up uh, at five o'clock sharp and get get going. And I didn't. We had an issue with my daughter last night, and I was exhausted. But that was a little failure because I, what I intended and I put out for myself, I did not do. I didn't push myself forward. Now that was a conscious decision because I'm like, mm-hmm. screw this. I, I need another hour of sleep yeah. before I come here and talk to you, beautiful gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's, again, failure is giving up. Again, very long answer again to a very short Thank question. Thank you. Do we need shorter questions for shorter answers? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. You, you see two little marbles go around in my brain just hitting each other. Uh, that's brilliant. Okay, Mr. Knighton, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, we got we got pretty deep there, but I, I think it's important to to um, allow a business to understand itself, and you can't do that without understanding yourself. Absolutely. Right? And I know you work a lot on that. You share a lot of that. Uh, in a sense, almost on your sleeve so people can go along that journey with you. Why is that important to you? Why, why, why pull people into that experience with you? Well, it, um, that's huge. And I think that's, uh, that's life. And it's, I think sharing experiences, if you can be vulnerable, um, but not be whiny. But I think there's a difference between whining, complaining, and being vulnerable. Um, if you ever hear me complain, you have the 
the direction to kick me square in the nuts for okay. complaining because I think it's the it's complaining equals nice. garbage. Maker. There's no reason to complain at all because look at where we are in this life, in this blip of time in billions of years that we know of in existence. We're here for a second. You're here for a flicker. That's not Williams' thing. You're here for a flicker. Mm-hmm. And if you can appreciate, have gratitude for everything that you have, the fact that you're alive, that in itself is an amazing feat. And if you can bring value to other people by being, when I say vulnerable, just being honest, be truthful for who you are. And I think it's one of the cool things that I got back from a lot of feedback is that like, holy shit, Chris, you're like exactly who I thought you'd be. I'm like, I mean, I don't have, I don't have the, the capacity to really. You know, who else to, would I be? Yes. Yeah, well, that's just yeah. it, right? Because so, Colin is already taken. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could. Damn it. <laughs> um, I keep lining up for it, but it doesn't. <laughs> But that's just it. I think it's uh, really being truthful and honest with people, and that, that way they can feel like what they said. Standing on the backs of giants doesn't mean that you're standing on the back of, uh, of literal giants, but we're all standing on the backs or the heads of other people that came before us to learn, to you know, take advantage of, like, I think of where we were 100 years ago, uh, 200 years ago, without electricity, without mm-hmm. these things, that would, methods of communication. So if you can give your experience to other people, some people might not like it some people may make fun of you and i got over that real quick and was like again why do i care because no one really cares at the end of the day but the people that do um you hit home and that for me is it's my passion life is to help more people live better lives and if i can help them do that i get so much it's a selfish thing for me it comes back to just me being selfish it's fine <laughs> I, I think that's okay i think as as we kind of wrap up here i think people need to be selfish and, and so often or not, we're not because we're, we're kind of almost programmed to always be giving, giving, giving. And don't, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say is, of course, we need to be giving. But there's that moment where we do need to be selfish, right? There's that time when you need to put the mask on yourself first. Yeah. You need to take care of yourself first, yep. which allows you to take care of other people. So, yep. yes, being selfish is on the path of being able to give back to so many people. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris Knighton, it's always a pleasure to share time with you. I learn so much from you every time we connect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're truly someone that I've always admired the way you've built your business. And I'm just proud to call you a brother, man. Yeah. Thanks, pal. Appreciate Beautiful. Beautiful. Me, guys. Yeah. So uh, tell us, quick, tell us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very touching. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm giving you a note, man. I'm giving you a note. <laughs> I've got COVID. Uh, hello. Uh, tell us how people, tell the people how they can get a hold of you. Through Alex Coombs. She will uh, be my, no, uh, you can reach me. I tell, and it's funny, I had a guy reach out to me or came up to me today. He was like, man, thank you so much. And he was always accessible. And so I, I always want to be for people. And if I can't answer, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. But I would say if you send me a text or give me a call, I'll give him my direct Phone number 905-515-1276, or you can reach out on social media or email is probably the worst way, but chris at nightrealestate.com. I like that you gave it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> not going to get read. <laughs> Look them up on socials, my friends. This has been the Not So Black White Real Estate Podcast on location with Mr. Chris Knighton himself. Of course, that's Sir Colin Campbell. I'm Gary McGowan, and we'll see everybody on the next episode. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.